Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Plus, curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com slash deals, you'll have access to leading-edge technology and free shipping on everything. Again, that's dell.com slash deals. What attracted you to Colorado, Prime? Rick George, man. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Let's kick it off! You know, coaches don't get official visits. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Let's just get this. <laughs> we, don't get, we don't get to fly in and check it out. You right. know? Earlier on the show, NFL on Fox analyst Mark Sanchez. Coming up, senior writer for Sports Illustrated, Chris Mannix. From the Showtime drama Your Honor, actor Brian Cranston. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show live on the Roku channel. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. We are full up with in-studio guests. We just said goodbye to Mark Sanchez of Fox Sports. Brian Cranston is making his way to the studio for hour number three. His show, hit show on Showtime, Your Honor, uh, season two. Debuts on streaming and on demand tomorrow night and returns on air Sunday at 9 Eastern on Showtime. He'll be here in hour number three to talk about all that. It's going to be dynamite. Uh, Chris Brockman and Mike Del Tufo in their usual spots right there. Good to see you. TJ Jefferson in the corner. Hello, sir. Uh, and joining us to uh, my right here in the in-studio chair is the senior writer from Sports Illustrated, our friend Chris Mannix here in Los Angeles, California. Good to see you, brother. Good to see you, Rich. Um, I'd like to tell you first that yes, I've decided I'm officially – a Rich Eisen guy. Okay. I am Dan's out. I, I Dan's out. out. Dan, 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 and I have have. Oh no! Not had a a a less than amicable parting, but you know we we've gone we've drifted apart in what recent happened? years. Wow. I, I don't know. It's just I I don't. I get the token you know text from Fritzy you know every six months or so. And, That's it. You're well, you know, it, it'll, I'm sure it picks up during NBA season, but like you know, last, yeah. it was probably like two weeks ago at a text from Fritzy, and it was almost insulting at that point because, <laughs> like, Dan used to be loyal to me, and I was loyal to him, yes. and um, now he has become something of a rat. And uh, oh, I, oh, wow, I, wow, be I, careful because Dan, as you know, has got a long memory. I, I know. Okay, Dan's got a long does. memory, and, and Paul Paps reminds him every time. Yeah. <laughs> hey, wow, Maddox is coming wow. hot because you know this show, this show, and Dan. This show doesn't exist without Dan. I know, I know. And 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 Dan, I've known for twenty, good lord, twenty six years yes. now. So you've known him a while. Yeah, Dan and I are, are quasi-Vermont neighbors in a way okay. up, up there. So. so your appearance here shouldn't affect your status on the Dan Patrick I've Show. I've just decided I'm taking a, a break from the Dan Patrick Show. Okay. Ooh, like a friend's been, break? Like, like, like this is like, like you're taking a break? I I'm taking we were a break. break. We were, we're, we're taking a break, He calls yes. you up. It's like, what the hell? You say, I thought we were on a break, and you're fine. Well, I, we'll right. see what happens. We'll see what happens. Welcome aboard. 
<laughs> we got to get the t-shirts made. Uh, the guys no, there's the, look, there's the microphone is large enough for two shows for you, Chris Maddox, is the way I'll put it. But good to have you here. Good to see you here. You too. So the story for the Los Angeles Lakers is we are now in the middle of January, and you're going to see them tonight. Yep. Playing the Mavericks. In, uh, in crypto.com. Mm. How long do you think that's going to last? Not much longer. I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> 15 years. You tell me. Do they come? Do they bring back Staples, or do they bring in a new sponsor? Or do like, they just move their entire operation to the Bahamas? Or, or you know what they could do <laughs> is just call it Bryant Arena. Like just do, people would th- Let's that do would it. You, the, the oh money gosh, the, you would lose incredible. money of idea. course, but the goodwill you would gain would be ex- worth exponentially more. I agree. Yeah, I but agree. the Lakers are kind of. The LA Kings might be like, what's who? Who's I know, it? You know that's true. But I the mean, Lakers too, like as big a franchise as it is, they do operate like a mom and pop operation sometimes. Like they they are they're a family owned business, right? But they're a family owned business that generates tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars every single year. Yes, uh, they don't operate like say the Knicks do or the Clippers even is a much better example. They are. Uh, interested in the bottom line in L.A. Uh, so I, I think they will, if crypto goes away, they will get a new naming rights. So LeBron is playing out of his mind. Yep. I mean, and and it's kind of funny that we're saying this as if it's a surprise, but you just don't see people at his advancing age um, playing. I mean, he, he is awesome. There's no other way to put it. And the team can make this playoff run mm-hmm. if they have a more... I mean, you've, you just wrote about it this week, so you know where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. What, what do they do? Their options on the table and what happens, trade deadline and everything, because we're, we're approaching that time right yeah. now here. Look, they'll have the option to upgrade the roster with some kind of supporting piece. I don't believe that the blockbuster trade that their front office has been looking for is out there. Bradley Beal is not going to be available at the trade deadline. Damian Lillard is not going to get be available at the trade deadline. You're not going to get that guy, at least not by February. But if you're looking at a Bojan Bogdanovich in Detroit, if perhaps you're looking at Christian Wood down in Dallas, or one of the many pieces Utah is going to put uh, on the market before uh, mid-February, those guys are going to be available. The question is, will that Lakers front office and will ownership be willing to include one or more first-round picks to get it. That, that's the multi-million-dollar question here. We know LeBron wants help. I mean, I, I, my, my friend Brian Windhorst over at ESPN yes. had a great note in one of his recent podcasts where he said, LeBron, in his entire 20-year career, has only played with five rookie first-round picks. LeBron doesn't care about first-round picks. He wants what you can get for first-round picks. The only consequential player of those five was Norris Cole, who helped Miami uh, back in their his heat days. Um so LeBron wants you to move these picks, but the Lakers got to be looking around going, if we move a 2027 first round pick for Bogdanovich, does that put us in contention? Does that make us Western Conference favorites? Or is it better to keep our proverbial powder dry, go into next offseason and hope that the guys I mentioned, Lillard, Beal, others are available when we can maybe make a play for them? When LeBron's 39? This is the problem. This is the conundrum. This is one of those stories where... If I sit down and start to talk about it or write about it, I can see both sides pretty clearly. LeBron is looking at himself going, I'm 38. If my team was good, you'd be talking about me in the MVP conversation right now. A 38-year-old. I mean, this is not Jordan. Jordan at 38 was putting up numbers, but he wasn't capable of carrying a team to a championship at that stage of his career. LeBron is. He just needs one or two more pieces to help him out. But the Lakers... 
you're not going to be able to convince anyone that Bogdanovich, Wood, Jordan Clarkson, Kelly Olynyk, those guys that are going to be available are going to push them over the finish line. So it's one of those stories where I can clearly see both sides of it. Yeah, I know. It's it's like LeBron is the uh, Mona Lisa Vito character, mm-hmm. like stamping the feet, like the clock. You know ticking, where you know where I you know? You know, when I think about this when I when I do side when I when I come down to siding with LeBron because the Lakers committed to him and, and they said look. You know, we want to give you this contract extension. We want you part of the team beyond this season. They made a commitment to LeBron James. And in doing that, they have a commitment to build a team around him that can win and not worry about what's going to happen in 2027 or 2029. I mean, do you really think Rob Palenka should be that concerned about 2027 and 2029? Is Rob Palenka going to be around if this team's not successful in 27 or 29? I think the short-term future has to you know, outweigh the long-term effects. I totally agree with you on that fact. Totally, and worry about the future in the future. Yeah. And and you, you worry about the now, the now. I mean, like the Los Angeles Rams and the NFL are a perfect example about, you know, worry about the future when it is. But that trophy in the case looks beautiful. That parade that happened. And by the happened. way, they're, they're not but, devoid of first-round picks either. Like, they just can't move right. these upcoming picks Correct. over the next few years. So they're going to be able to rebuild if they have to they just can't trade anything till 27 and and then the other part of this um conversation chris mannix here from sports illustrated is you know i'm watching julius randall balling out in new york you know i mean kuzma uh in washington i mean these guys used to be here and Mm -hmm. were the guys that were young when lebron was here and arriving right i mean these so and lebron was kind of like if i'm not mistaken you tell me Get these guys out of here. Bring me Anthony Davis. Mm. And they won in the bubble, I understand. But doesn't LeBron kind of hold a little bit of responsibility for the current situation as well? I I think he holds some responsibility when it comes to Westbrook. I I think the Davis deal, you know, Laker fans hate when you say this, but they did overpay for Davis. They went out and gave up virtually all their capital for a guy that wanted to be in L.A. anyway and wasn't really going to accept a deal anywhere else. They were kind of bidding against themselves in that situation. The Westbrook deal didn't need to happen. Westbrook went, you know, was in Oklahoma City and it didn't work at the end. He went to Houston, it didn't work at the end. He went to Washington, it didn't work there virtually all season long. Why LeBron and the Lakers thought that bringing him into this situation would have been effective, I'll never really understand, especially when you're dealing valuable role players. You mentioned Kuzma, who is Another one of those guys the Lakers might even look at in terms of trades uh, from Washington because he's going to be available most likely. But Contavious Caldwell Pope, like he's now in Denver he's, yeah. making three point shots for them. Like w- when you look at how successful teams have built out around LeBron, they've put shooters around him. And Caldwell Pope, shooter. Kuzma, not necessarily this lethal shooter, but he's the guy that can make shots. They went out there and brought in a non shooter. That in and of itself just never made any sense. Chris Mannix here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's your assessment of the Warriors right now? What do you got for me? <laughs> they're hard to figure out. Um, you know, they get all their guys back, and they're playing the Zombie Suns, and they get their butt kicked in that game. And that was kind of wild to see. Kind of wild to see. Um, there's no real reason to believe this at this point, but all these, the fact that they're all the same guys, you got to believe if you give them time playing together, Wiggins back in the mix, Thompson back in the mix, Curry now back in the mix, that come late February, early March, you're going to see this type of team go on a run. I do think they need to be one of those teams that has to find bench help. You look at at, at the success they've had 
during their championship years. They always had one or two really solid reserves that they could count on. In the early years, it was Iguodala when he was playing at a pretty high level. Last year, you had Otto Porter Jr., you had Gary Payton, you had guys that you could rely on coming off the bench. This group's got some really talented young players, but they have not proven this season that you can rely on them. Kaminga, Moody, Wiseman. These guys could be superstars in three years, but for right now, they have not proven they can be reliable role players. So that's a team to watch both in terms of the trade deadline and then when the buyout market kicks in, there'll be a place I think veteran players want to go. Yeah, I, I, I hear you like, hey, at some point, if we keep running it back, mm. we're going to get there. And it just seems to me there's something missing. There, there is no residual uh, effect of the, the Draymond punch, is there? I, I don't, I don't think that's that? it. I don't think that's it. I mean, because you look at the early part of the season, they were like, they had like a 95% uh, home record. Like they were winning everything. They then they go on the road, they're like 3-16, 3-17. and, 16, three and 17. Right. It's right. just losing games to like Orlando. Like these are... But it, now they're losing these games at home. They lost the Pistons at home. Yep. You just mentioned the Zombie Suns. You yep. know what I'm saying? The Suns so, loss was bad. No question about it. I, I don't think there is any hangover okay. from the Draymond punch uh, from training camp. I just think for some reason this team hasn't been able to develop chemistry and this team has not gotten the kind of contributions they got last season, years past, from the guys coming off that bench. So then who is the be- which is the best team in the West? Is it the Nuggets? <laughs> do we see? Do we? I mean, Jokic is out of his skull. Yeah, and, and he's going to make it real hard for MVP voters. Exactly what I was about to say, because right. you're... you're, you're it, it, when when there are annual the annual awards in any sport, it's just like, well, we can't give it to the same guy again. Like, or, or you know, when Phil Jackson, we were overlooking him for Coach of the Year, same way that Belichick will never win another Coach of the Year award in the NFL again, no matter what. Yeah, people like yeah, mm-hmm. there's fatigue in voting for the same people, and I understand why you think that it won't be a, a Belichick vote anyway. That's a Patriot <laughs> fan over there, but you see what I'm saying? Yeah, Jokic is out of his skull. He is he is the best player in the NBA. Yeah, I, no I was question, so. I was doing a video recently with uh, Sam Amick at The Athletic, Howard Beck, my colleague at SI. We're all MVP voters. Yes. And we were talking about the MVP vote, and it was almost begrudgingly, we're like, we, we got to give it to Jokic <laughs> right now. I mean, he's, he's not only are his, because there is voter fatigue at all things. It just happens sometimes. Right. It shouldn't be, but it happens sometimes. You look for reasons not to vote for a guy. Jokic has not given us one reason not to vote for him. He's almost averaging a triple-double this year. Well, it's his, also there's not other guys... W- that aren't worthy of it. I mean, Tatum and Giannis and Embiid, right, you know, right up there. Absolutely. Luca, Luca's I mean, playing exactly. But but <laughs> he, these numbers are insane. And I think what what gives Jokic the edge on a lot of people's ballots, myself included, is right now the Nuggets are at the top of the conference. When when yes. you have a really competitive race for MVP. And oftentimes, at least I do, you kind of default to the guy that's the most successful. Winning often trumps uh, or it gives you a slight edge. And right now, the Nuggets, Jokic, they're winning. What about the East? The Nets have been great ever since Kyrie returned, mm. and his Twitter account has been dormant. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, so what? Do, what do you think about the East right now, Chris Mannix? A lot of it depends on the length of this Durant injury and what happens to the Nets. Do they stumble down to five, six range and have to sure. play a couple of really competitive series before they get to a conference finals? But not only has Kyrie been playing at an All NBA level, but they've been defending too. You look at some of their numbers in the last month and a half, they have been around a top 10 defensive team in the NBA. That may be some smoke and mirrors. Can they do it in the playoffs? I don't know. But uh, that's been a surprising part of their recent success. I still lean towards Boston in a seven-game series against anybody 
in the Eastern Conference. Did you watch Jalen Brown last night? He's like ridiculous. 41 points in that game. Like he is one of, if not the best, number two guy on a team. Like Jason Tatum's number one. He's top five MVP right now. But Jalen Brown is a mortal lock for All-Star and is going to make a pretty strong case for All-NBA. And the pieces around those guys, they all work. Like Rob Williams is back into that mix. Marcus mm-hmm. Smart has played really well and continues to develop as a point guard this year. Their bench is pretty strong. I, I just think the Celtics... Um, slightly right now, I favor them over everybody else in the East. And what happened with the Nets? Just I know we're reversing here because mm-hmm. uh, you know Udoka was supposed to come. That was the whole. That was the whole hand in hand with very with Steve very Nash. close. Yeah. Right. And so what did happen there? Is it just that Jock Vaughn performed uh, so well at his in his interim role in that regard? I or 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 it was that the Heat was just too damn hot with Kyrie and 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 Udoka's situation. Yeah, that's more never really more the latter. More the latter. Um, you know, from what I was told, the Nets were very, very close on a deal with Ime Udoka. Ownership level, they had largely signed off on bring him on board. And then the Kyrie situation comes up, and that's white hot. And then you have some backlash to Ime Udoka, and that's white hot. I think everything combined um, led to them walking away from that. And I don't think you can discount the fact that during that stretch, Jacques Vaughn settled that team down. I mean, Jacques Vaughn, you can make an argument a pretty good one, mm-hmm. that Jacques Vaughn deserved the job over Steve Nash a couple of years ago. Remember, Jacques Vaughn took over for Kenny Atkinson. They were 7-3 and three to close that season. They went to the bubble with none of their guys, and they played pretty well during that stretch. I mean, Jacques Vaughn is a really good coach, and when you have a guy that already has the respect of the locker room and then, in a short period of time, shows he's got coaching chops... I, I think Jacques Vaughn played a big role in winning that job as well. So uh, let's let's just, before I let you go, uh, Chris Maddox is Sports Illustrated here on the Rich Eisen Show. What does the trade deadline look like for for teams that can add somebody and go from maybe four or five in the seedings to conference champions? What do you, what do you see in your it, crystal it's ball? Not, it's not a buyer's market, to be sure. Okay. It is absolutely a seller's market. And I think... A lot of teams that are looking right now, uh, be it any of the teams at the top of that Western Conference picture, Philadelphia, some others that are out there, they're going to look hard at Utah. Utah, I think, is the team to watch over these next couple of weeks. Like, to me, this is Christmas and Danny Angeland. Like, he has had one of the best, like, 10-month stretches you can possibly have. Not only does he get a king's ransom for Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, but they get that fast start to the season to energize the fan base. They get Lowry marketing playing like an all-star, and that's important because the all-star game is in Salt Lake City this year. Um, and then over the last month or so, they're competitive in some games, but they start to lose. They're right around that 10 spot right now in the Western Conference, which gives Danny Ainge license to break this thing apart, which I think is all he really wants to do. He, I think he wants to strip this team down for parts, get as many draft picks as possible, and give him a chance to get into the Victor Wembayama sweepstakes and get that franchise player that Utah would never have a chance of getting otherwise. So this has almost been, I think, a dream season for Danny Ainge in that front office. Well, let's You talked about and, and, uh, how many teams are going to start speaking French. <laughs> uh, how many people, uh, honestly? This like, guy's ridiculous, Rich. Uh, like, there's, no, there's no question. Like, he, he, he makes Giannis uh, on occasion look like just pedestrian. He, he, so, I have had more than a few GMs say he's the most talented prospect they've ever seen, and that includes LeBron James. Like, it, that's how 
ridiculously good he is and the kind of ceiling that he has. And then, of course, everything that you, you hear about him is he's good people, too, mm-hmm. right? So you not have to worry about any any stupid nonsense on top of not it. Not to this point. Right. And the irony is, like, Scoot Henderson, who is playing in the G League right now, like any other draft, transformative right. point guard who yes. can play, like, Westbrook-esque, right. like, in his prime, like everyone will be clamoring for Scoot Henderson. But right now, he's almost an afterthought because Victor Wembayama is a true franchise player that all these teams are going to be fighting but for. But still, though, I mean, you only would have a 14% chance of getting him, right? I yeah, mean, well, the, the, top, the bottom three get. teams have the 14% chance. Right. But, like, that's what I think the Jazz will be focusing on in the second half of the season, trying to get closer that 14% chance. And at the same time, maximizing guys. Like, Kelly Olynyk's not part of their long-term future in Utah. Like, uh... Malik Beasley is not far part of their long-term future right. in Utah. Like, like they've got some pieces there that teams that believe one more shooter or one more versatile front court player, they might be willing to give a first-round pick in exchange for one of these guys. They could walk away at the deadline with two more first-round picks for guys that, quite frankly, were not going to be part of their future anyway. Well, the Powerball is one point three billion dollars here in in oh, Southern man. California. So th- this lottery <laughs> is is that is that right? Like this co- upcoming draft lottery is in fact like the ultimate powerball for NBA teams. It's probably the most consequential lottery we've had since LeBron. That's that's goes without saying. And then Ewing before that. Yeah. Pretty much. You gotta go back decades. Every couple of decades you get a transformative figure that comes into the league. Ewing, LeBron, and now you have Victor Wembayama who could take a team like Utah or Houston or any of those other bottom-feeding teams right now and put them in the playoff mix within one or two years. And, they, and the NBA is going to be on, you know, on the lookout of who's... Well, they can't do anything about it. I mean, the number of times, like, I mean, some players don't even play back-to-back anymore. Back-to-backs don't bother me. It's the the second-half shutdowns that that bother me. Guys that are fully healthy. What happened with the the Clippers and the Nuggets the other night? Yeah, that's tough. Now, that that was injury management, I guess. I mean, the Clippers, though. They're not tanking. I understand that. The the Clippers, though, you know, like, all they want is to just get to mid-April and have all their guys healthy. And be at least the four seed, right? Yeah, at least the four seed. And, And maybe get, like... 15 to 20 games in the final two months of them all playing together to get some chemistry. They're so concerned about health in that you know, that locker room that if they can just get fast forward the clock to April, they'll be fine. They'd love to do that. I know they they sat they sat Kawhi and Paul George in the second half of that blowout. They didn't even send him out on the court on TNT, yeah. and they didn't play him the next night either. There's been some bad national TV games lately. I know like, that. I know that. So okay. So then, is there anything else that I've missed before I send you on on your on your the rest of your day? What what else am I missing here for the first half, if you will, of the NBA season? Something to look forward to or look for, and then the second half, anything? Uh, look, I, I think when you get to the second half, it's which team separates in the Western Conference, like. You know, and that's why the trade deadline is important. Like Memphis is really good, right? Yes. Memphis has got John Morant. They've got all the pieces around him, but they've got a lot of young guys. They could be a team that packages some of these young guys, some of these draft picks, and goes and gets a veteran player that can help them right now. Because if you're Memphis, you're sitting there saying, "All right, well, who's going to beat us? Like, who are we afraid of right now in the Western Conference?" Well, they'll say that to the Warriors. <laughs> I'm sure they I mean, would. They, they have. They've literally said these things. And then they got beat by the uh, a zombie Clay, version of the Warriors too. And, and Clay is like, you know, warning, you know, re- reminding everybody. You know, but it's gonna, it's so anything. it's so wide open at this point. This this is Adam Silver's dream to have NFL level parity. Yes. that's what David Stern wanted towards the end of his tenure with the commissioner's office. That's what Adam Silver's wanted. Yes. Super teams drive ratings in the finals when you have the Warriors and the Heat and whatever else of the super teams that have been out there, they do big numbers. But the NBA would sacrifice those ratings to get a competitive first round and second round in conference finals and all that. And this is the year 
I think it finally comes together because you could tell me right now that any number of 10 teams can win a championship. I'd probably believe you. Okay, Chris Mannix. Well, I asked Chris uh, if there's anything we should know from him. Is there anything that Chris should know from us about the NBA? Oh, God. Any way, shape, or form? Before, no? I, I, no do have a, I do have a question for him. If, if is, I, that, is it have to do with the Rich Eisen Show fantasy no, basketball no, league that I won last year? He's, right he's yeah. beating us right now in fantasy. <laughs> and he's letting us know all the time, Chris. He's getting very <laughs> really It's okay. Uh, he's not going to write about it, I don't think. It's not going to make a blurb on the... That, uh, no, it's not even a blurb. Not a blurb. doesn't so make blurb, What's your no. question? You want to get a question for Chris yeah, before he leaves? Chris, if we could just talk boxing really quick uh-huh. before, before you get out the door. Just two fights I think all boxing fans are kind of looking forward to. Just wanted to get your thoughts on this. Uh, Tank Davis and Ryan Garcia, do you see this finally happening? And are we ever going to get the Errol Spence and Bud Crawford fight? Because that is the fight yeah, that right. I think everyone needs. We don't just want to see that fight. This fight has to happen. And as boxing fans, we need to see. Charlie, so I'll answer that question with percentages, right? So Ryan Garcia, Tank Davis, I'm going to say 75 80% chance that happens. Both these fighters have agreed to terms on that contract, which is the biggest hurdle that you've got to overcome. And the networks that represent both have agreed to a deal to have this fight move forward but right now there's no actual contract a paper contract which always gets me concerned about super fights but i'm confident about that spence versus crawford 25 percent right now spence is moving up to a new weight class maybe we get it at 154 pounds in a year or two but this is the year i think terrence crawford turns 36 if i'm not mistaken you get errol spence i think he's around 33 at some point, these guys are going to get a little bit too old. Somebody's going to beat them, and that's going to see that fight go up in smoke. Chris Mannix, Sports Illustrated, Chris Mannix, Rich Eisen Show, regular? Regular. Regular. Chris regular. Mannix, now I understand, you, you because I always say to you uh, and others of your stature, hey, if you're in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. let me know. I'd love to have you on. You reached out this week, say, hey, I'm in town. And you came out of the gate firing at Dan Patrick. Did you oh, have an agenda? No, I just... I, I, Did you have an agenda? <laughs> a little bit. It's kind of dawning on me. <laughs> a little like, bit. Dan, is, <laughs> Dan has abandoned me. We have, we have a decades-long relationship, <sighs> and Dan Patrick has abandoned me. And I have to admit, I am personally and professionally stung by that okay and and that is kind of sticking with me at the moment well one year i would i I, you know i again i go back with dan to 1996 chris Mm -hmm. i know and and then uh i was a regular on his show for years for years Mm -hmm. and um then the super bowl comes along and i don't one year in in arizona i don't get a call to appear on his show and i'm kind of like what gives and then he had a local sports writer named dan bickley (laughs) on the program instead of me <laughs> at the Super Bowl. And that has now become a verb on that show whenever somebody is a regular and then doesn't get the call. Get you've been bickled. So I've been bickled. You have. I'm the original. <laughs> because, <laughs> I mean, I, I tune in. That's what it looks like. I, I still listen. I listen to you. I listen to Dan. And um, I tune yes. into Dan's show and I see, you know, Chris Haynes popping up there. You know, Chris, great reporter. Like, excellent you know, gives great information. I understand. You know, sometimes you see Woj pop up there. Yep. You know, it's, you know. I hate to tell you, Chris. It's if like, I, I'm third I, strike. I get like the pity call. If I had to diagnose this, you've been bickled. I've been bickled. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Hey, it's Rich, okay. I've survived it. You can next, next time, Fritzy texts me. I'm say, call Bickley. Okay, very good. Uh, Rich, uh, Rich you, you. Think, you think Chris could help me with my DAZN problem? Maybe getting oh, uh, wow. God. my Twitter now, back? Now, now, Subscribe rather, to DAZN. I'd, I'd rather, DAZN, he, she, keep, he, <laughs> <laughs> We're already way over here, but I've we'll got the say, IT guy like on my phone. I can. You, know, <laughs> you should because mm-hmm. TJ would just and even though he's a Rich Eisen show social media grand master, he's in charge of our social media. He would 
take a phone and shoot it off. He'd shoot video off of a television set. Oh, what are you See, doing? He, he, like, <laughs> honestly, like he's 10. <laughs> you know, uh, it's true. Like, th- we have a certain standard here on this program. Yeah, but we also want to so get he, a story he out made a mis- sometimes. He, 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 he chose the wrong broadcast to shoot off of television. And DAZN popped him on Twitter and oh. they permanently suspended him. Oh. Like, he's in tr- <laughs> like, he, like he ran an insurrection. It, it, it was a, it was know, a like, King Gabe Rosado fight because I'm friends with Gabe Rosado. All I did, Chris, is oh, off of a stream that was on Twitter. I just recorded his intro, not the fight, oh, not boy. the result, just from Philadelphia, oh, his man. record, King Gabe Rosado. Posted I tell it. you what, we have a show it. at the YouTube Theater on the 28th. Okay. Uh, I'll get you tickets to that show. And you can come and take this up with the Zone Brass specifically. Oh, I would love that. I would love. I got. I got. Right. A, Alexis Rocha. I got a little problem, and I will shoot it off of television. <laughs> and then you'll be shadow banned. Be, be, no, he's just been banned. He's yeah, been banned. I, I got no Twitter, right. Chris. Rich Eisen Show regular, Chris Mannix, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. <laughs> Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road, and I should know. They kept my car on the road, and they do it with a smile on their face. They offer friendly service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. And that comes in so welcome when your car needs to be put back together and they do it with a smile so you know you're being taken care of. They got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. And guess what? You should not miss Power Torque Tools DIY days at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Power Torque hand tools come in with a lifetime guarantee. And right now, you can save big on Power Torque hand tools, power tools, jacks, and more. Get great deals on a wide range of Power Torque jacks and jack stands, including two-ton jack stands and up to three-and-a-half-ton floor jacks. Let the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts help you find the right Power Torque tools for your next DIY project. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. The Rich Eisen Show radio network powered by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Boy, this show is just just sped by. Good stuff. Right? Yeah, we're moving. We're cooking right now. So are you going to um, literally <laughs> go up to a DAZN executive and say, what, what, what up though? What gives? F you. You Whoa. call well, you, Twitter and, you know. You know, I'm not, I'm not the type who just roll up and just curse at them. I know I, you that. Know, I'll break them down a little bit. It'll be like, yo, what's the deal? what I do to you? I'm out there trying to like. But there's no question whoever you're going to is going to be at a, not gonna a have much any idea. higher altitude than the, yeah, the, the, the 20,000 feet that, that, that some or 5,000 feet where somebody I, said, I, get too jiggy off of Twitter. I get it, Rich. But as you can see from the Mark Sanchez thing, sometimes I I. I, I travel in those circles with those higher ups. So I figure get on their side and they'll have the word trickle down or maybe they won't. Who knows? I got you. Now, last <laughs> night, how was AEW? AEW was a good time, man. So you were there last night. I was there last you night. You did it. In the house. In the you went. Forum. Tony Khan was our first hour in studio <laughs> guest yesterday. Yep. Said, come on by. 
He did, in fact, give you the tickets. I got the tickets. Okay. Yeah, man. You went in. It was a great show. And? It was awesome. What do you got? I mean, it was, any, any, do you see anybody? Anybody? Uh, well, you, see? you know, here's something funny. And okay. It, you know, it's kind of like still kind of getting used to this type of thing happening from being on the show. But I was with my buddy, uh, Nathan Haskell, who was just on fire in this crowd yesterday. He was your plus one? Yeah, he was just, he had our whole section just rolling. This guy was like, he was on stage. Okay. But um, he went to the bathroom and I was out up top waiting for him. And yep. there was this couple standing in front of me and you can you know when someone's staring at you obviously uh-huh. and i see the guy and his wife looking at me or his girlfriend one of the two Uh-oh. and they whisper and then he he comes up to me he's like hey man i was like hey bro how are you he goes are you tj and i was like yeah what's up he goes i love you on the rich eisen show and i'm like what hey! i'm like yo what's up and he goes and then I'm, I'm not even joking this was kind of funny and it was cool he got like visibly kind of a little nervous he's like do you mind if i Take a picture with Get you. Out. I'm like, yeah. bro, are you kidding me? And you know, we threw the arm around him, and we did a bunch of like wrestling. Like we, you know, shout out to the acclaimed. We did this. We did a little too sweet, and it was just, it was just like a cool thing. And he, he and I, he told me his name, and I apologized because oh, I completely forgot. No. Um, They're a dime a dozen. All no, of a sudden, no, huh? No, definitely not. Oh, I, I want to say, I want to say it was so Robert. Special. I want to say it was Robert, but regardless, you know, it was just it was cool. Yeah. They all bleed together. All these people who come up and ask to take a photograph. I mean, why do you want to turn this into a negative when it was tw- just trending towards just the positive? I'm a New York Jew. This is what we do. <laughs> but yeah, so, it was, it was okay. great. So shout out to Tony. Shout out to AEW. There you go. That's awesome. There you go. Love it. And uh, one of my favorite moments in the history of this show is where I'm sitting waiting for. Uh, I think Suze was going. Running in to grab some food in some place. So we, we ordered some pickups. She runs in to go get it. I'm sitting in the car. And some guy pulls up to me on the left. And he looks at me. I look at him. And he tells me to roll my window down. And I thought, like, he's about to ask me, like, no, I'm not getting out. You know what I mean? Like, I thought he wanted the spot. Right, right, right. Again, that might be a New York thing. I'm like, no, I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm like, all right, I'll spot. roll down the window. No, he says, and he goes, hey, love your show. And I'm like, thank you. And he says, love Del Tufo. <laughs> and he drove off, and I'm like, "What? All right." Now we gotta get we gotta get you in this mix, Chris. Oh, I get recognized when I go to Vegas all the time. Vegas, yeah. It's always at the blackjack table or craps or something, and I get the long stare, kind of like what TJ experienced last yes. night. And then it's one of those, "How do I know you, man? I know you." And it's like, "All right, I, I don't know, man. We're just trying to like hit on 16, bro." And, <laughs> and it's like, why don't you? Rich Eisen show, got you. You gotta like that, right? Oh, it's it's great. It's it's always a little weird, right? You know, it's like, oh yeah, people are watching and are into it and until are fans. until he stays with thirteen and yeah. the, the dealer's got eighteen, what right? Are you doing, dude. Always hit on sixteen people. Don't be that guy. This guy over there. Send that out to the uh, those listening on uh, in Vegas on the Rich Eisen Show Radio affiliate Neat. that's looking for Derek Carr's replacement. Ooh. Is it Stidham? Oh, no way. I mean, Jared Stidham looked really nice in the last two weeks of the season, but what do you, come on. Also, if I'm Tom Brady, come on. I'm not going there. You want to play against Mahomes, Herbert, and all due respect, Russell Wilson? Well, that was the whole conversation about when, when, Absolutely Aaron, not. when Aaron Rodgers, you know, got it out there, even though he didn't really get it out there. He had no idea who put it out there on that draft day that he's not going to go back to the Packers anymore. Right. That, you know, the idea was, 
why would he want to go to Denver and play against Mahomes every twice a year? And the answer that came back was Aaron Rodgers is not concerned about who the hell else he's going to be taking on. He's better. It's like they don't think about that when you're when you're at that level. Yeah, that's what of I greatness. You. You're not you're not ducking anybody because they're great. Yeah, but you're thinking like about you're coming to take their ring. You're my, taking their. Is my division crappy? Am I going to have a better chance of making the playoffs each year? Yeah, that's a factor. Um, the mother of dragons didn't say, "I'm not. I don't want the iron throne because you know there's a, you know, I mean, the, you know, the, work out for her. That's a well. I mean, what she did is she took a dragon and she blew everyone's house down. You know, like that's what that's what these guys want to do. Yeah, those those top alpha guys. are not going like, to care. That's what he wants to do. He wants to get on his dragon and he wants to just breathe fire. On, on, on house on house chiefs. <laughs> that's what he wants to do. Yeah. I would imagine. Easier, I mean, easier path to stay where he's at. If Tampa. I'm, if I'm Brady. Well, yeah. I know that, but also I think that's run its course, don't you? Don't you think? Stranger things have happened that he yeah. wants to keep playing and he re-signs in Tampa. Uh, I, I think that's run its course. The question is, is does he want to just take the job with Fox or does he want to keep going on? And I'll tell you what has a large amount to do with it. What happens Monday night? Oh, God. What is... What, I mean, what possibly could be more on the line? Is this the biggest wild card night? game ever? I don't know. I just, mean, I, I, I can't sit here off the top of my head and, and think of, think of you know, know past but... wild card games off the top of my head. But in terms of stakes, in terms of it involving Tom Brady at this stage of his career and Dak in year, what, two of his new contract? Three? Mm. Well, what is it? You know, what? and McCarthy getting the vote of confidence and the Cowboys winning 12 games, right? And year two of the big deal. Year two of his big deal. All right. The way it ended last year, it being the Dallas Cowboys, they played each other to start the season. One of them's going to finish the season off on the other. And then, you know, Tampa won the Super Bowl two years ago in this house. The year that they had, they still made it anyway. The Cowboys playing down to their level of competition. And so everyone's overlooking them. But the stakes can cost a, a either coach their job. You're hearing rumors that Bowles could be on the hot seat if they lose here. He could be one and done in Tampa. What does Tom do? The direction of that franchise. Are they searching for a new quarterback because of what happens? Does Tom go to Fox if he wins four in a row? I think he does. Don't you? Yes. Right? And if he doesn't, does Tom Brady get thrown into the quarterback carousel? Guy set two NFL so. records this year at age 45. He broke his own completions record and has the most attempts ever. Like, But if he goes on a run, he beats Dallas. He then goes to San Francisco because I think, I, I, I think the Giants beat the Vikings. I really believe it. So that would send, that would send him to San Francisco and the Giants to Philadelphia. And then he beats San Francisco and then beats the Philadelphia Eagles, makes the Super Bowl, and beats Kansas City or Buffalo or Joe Burrow. Oh, my God. He goes to Fox on the spot. He doesn't I plead play. the fifth. Thank you. Yeah, I think that's it. I mean, that's right. obviously the perfect send-off. And that's on the line Monday night, too, because that doesn't happen if he's one and done. Right. Oh, my gosh. The I don't have patience 
Mr. Jack with you today. The hype train. 50 million people watching. Leaving the station. Joe Buck, Troy Aikman. And it's Joe. The Mannings as well. The Mannings. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, indeed. I'm going to have to split screen both games. I'm going to watch both broadcasts. Well, you know what's great about that, right? Nope. I mean, you know. The varsity JV plays on the weekend. Varsity plays on Monday. Let's go. Twenty four hours is going. I can't believe I have to wait. What do they do to us? I love it. Ah, there was a caller yesterday. We didn't get to it, but we have you know we have these screens and yes. you can kind of see a little one liner about what yeah. they want to talk about. And some guy I, was calling in and he was like, "It's not fair. They're making Dallas wait till Monday." Uh, <laughs> actually, like, whoever you are, call back. Yeah, I want to hear. I want to hear. Call this. back. I want to hear this. Actually, it's it's helpful for the extra day, but it does we'll, hurt you on the back end. Well, the, yeah. and the re- and and just point, real quick. Yeah. Normally, in previous years, the division playoff rounds with TBDs filling in the blank at the spots of the bye week teams, those those games have been released. Those like we know you would know, for instance, Kansas City is taking on team. X on Saturday, Saturday. night or right. Sunday night or whatever. Yeah. You knew the day. Um, now, back in the day, they used to do that when there were two bye weeks. They could put them out. But now you have to wait because of Monday night football. Those teams, whoever wins Monday night will play a Sunday playoff game. I mean, you could pretty much book that. Sure. And the question is, which bye week team gets that Sunday off too? Gets the Saturday off for the Sunday too. Oh man, and I'll be in the I'll be in the host position on Westwood One on Monday night. That's for sure, for that Monday night football game. And this NFL postseason, every Westwood One NFL broadcast streams live for free. The wild card round, the divisional round, the AFC and NFC championship games, the Pro Bowl games, and yes, Super Bowl Fifty Seven. Catch all the action on the Odyssey app on WestwoodOneSports.com via Westwood One Station streams, or by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports. Eight four four two zero four. Rich number now. We'll take your phone calls. Brian Cranston, man, our number three, one of our favorites, and that's the royal we, <laughs> and us as well. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. 
If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. It's true when your business is growing fast and even more true when there's a lot of uncertainty as there is in the economy in these United States. Not every business throws in the dark. You know why? Because over 33,000 businesses know that they're not in the dark. They know their numbers because they use NetSuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system. NetSuite gives you visibility and control of your financials, planning, budgeting, and of course, inventory so you can manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need all in one place. Know your numbers, people. Know your business. And get to know how NetSuite can be the source of truth for your entire company. Right now, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash Rich Radio right now. NetSuite.com slash Rich Radio. NetSuite.com slash Rich Radio. Brian Cranston, the Emmy Award-winning actor, he's on Your Honor. It's interesting, we just showed a, uh, a, a clip of Brian in 2017. He used the words Your Honor. He had no idea it was coming down the pike. Weird. You also said, you know, when I asked him, are you going to ever appear as uh, Walter White on, Breaking Be- uh, on Better Call Saul, he kind of joked as he sipped on his coffee mug and muffled <laughs> the answer. He knew. I don't know if he knew. No, I don't know. Twenty seventeen, probably not. He did in the last episode of Better Call Saul. He came back. I was what a scene that was. What a scene that was. And Your Honor, very funny show. Uh, actually, wait a minute. I'm told it's the exact opposite. <laughs> it's really heavy. It's intense. It is, yeah, but it's yeah. so well done. It's intense. It is so well done. It's, it's reason why at the uh, Your Honor season one ranks uh, as the top debut season ever on Showtime, mm. which, as you know, has had some big hits. Yeah. Evan in Cortland, New York. Let's take your phone call. What's up, Evan? Hey, what's going on, Rich? What's up? Basketball podcast. How are we doing, boys? Cortland, shout out. What's up, brother? Boy, TJ, you've had the best 24 hours of your professional broadcasting career. Getting shout outs of the Rich Eisen Show basketball podcast. People who come up to you at the AEW want to take selfies with you and pictures with you. and It it moved you so much you forgot the guy's name. I mean, it was bound to happen. What's going on, Evan? Yeah, what's up? And and before I get into it, Brockman, you're hitting on sixteen, dude. Well, yeah, you, yeah, you always hit sixteen. If if if, if the, the dealer if has, the card a, dealer has seven, yeah, if the dealer has seven or above. You always always hit sixteen. You don't? Oh my gosh! Oh, no, wow. I do fourteen, dude. Fourteen is where I hit, but that's where I draw the line. Oh, dude. we oh can't play. Gosh. We can't. We can't have Evan. Sorry, ever. Evan. We can't play. Some but black this together. is this table. We can have him at. <laughs> yes, now, right now. We yeah. What's um, anyway, so the, the point I wanted to get into, and because you had Chris Mannix on, you're referencing the Wembenyama sweepstakes. Yes. I'm in, a, I'm in a dynasty fantasy league for basketball, and I'm currently tanking for Wembenyama. But oh, and, and some, what? some of the people in my league are not very happy about that. What, what are you you're doing? Tanking in your fantasy what, league? what are you doing, Evan? This is the greatest call ever. <laughs> what? You're tanking in your fantasy league? How does one tank in your fantasy What are you, picking up players You're who are just injured? not starting guys? Are you pulling um, your starters? It's a very weird system. It's not traditional. It's not where, like, Clearly. Has, like in your league, you set your lineups at the, during the day and, like, whatever, their points accumulate. For us, you have to lock in a player's score for a week. So, like, if a guy gets, like, 50... Yeah. Right, 50 fantasy points, then you lock it in, and then none of his points for the rest of the week count. You just get that 150. So I, I guess the way it works is like, so that way if somebody has more players playing in that week, then they don't get an advantage because of that. Well, that Evan, well, Evan oh, uh, actually, as I, as I right, now gingerly right. ask you to make your point, 
Uh, I can't yeah. play blackjack with you, and no. I can't play fantasy with you. So no. you better make this good, sir. All right. So my thing is, looking at Wembenyama, I'm a little worried. He's by far the clear pick. He's by far the the. What are you worried about? That is sensational. But what I'm worried about is there haven't been many seven-foot-four guys that have lasted in the league. The only two that I've really seen last is Mark Eaton and maybe Boban. But if you look at – and, Rich, you're a Knicks fan. We look, we saw Chris Dobbs. We saw guys like Yao. We even saw the great Ralph Sampson. Guys like that, it, it's just – it's very worrisome. And I, and I understand you're going to take him because you do see a guy like that, you do not pass up on him. But – Somebody, I have to wonder, because I'm wondering this too on a very smaller scale because yeah. it's only fantasy basketball, but if NBA GMs also have this thought in their mind that no way. Hmm, we've they'll get been f- down this road before. Then they'll, what I'm saying? then they'll be playing blackjack with you, brother. Then they will get fired. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the call, like Evan. When, like when you're a turning stone, do you get weird looks, Evan? Then, uh, <laughs> that- turning stone, yes, Brock. <laughs> <laughs> call us it. back, Evan. Call us back, Evan. There's Evan. Here's something you Three s- things Evan can't be. Yeah. Evan can't be my general manager. No. Uh-huh. He cannot be my fantasy commissioner. And he can't play third base. And he cannot be my third <laughs> baseman. third base. <laughs> it was so funny. One year, we were done. We, we had no idea. It was so early on at yeah. NFL Network. We knew we, we weren't supposed to be doing this. We were waiting to get out of Green Bay on a Thursday night. We stopped by the casino and played blackjack in a private room. Dion and I was there. Oh. Chris Wirtz was there, too. A whole bunch of us were yeah, there. Buddy. And Wirtz was right there at the, at the end and making all the right calls in third base. Dion called him Terry Pendleton. You're my third baseman, is what he said. There's nothing better than he a, nicknamed than him a good Terry third Pendleton, former MVP from the Braves, right? That's, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it was, it was really Barry Bonds' MVP. He but, took the yeah. helicopter. That's true, that's Dion true. took the helicopter that he had no idea who sent it for him <laughs> to go play with Terry Pendleton. <laughs> Brian Cranston's coming up. Hour number three. If you got a bad third baseman, it's the worst. It's the worst. And Excuse me. Like immediately, Ex- immediately remove yourself from Excuse the table. Excuse me. Excuse me. Let's just put it out there, Christopher. Okay, you're sitting there in the middle of a blackjack table. Uh-huh. You got chips. You got chips on the line. Chips, baby. You've doubled down. You've played it right. I got green chips. You I got have black played chips. it right. You've played it right. Like even though you see a seven or you see an eight right there for the dealer, you could, and you've got you've got ten, you've got eleven, even nine, even nine could be dicey. But you're feeling it. You double down. I'll hit. I'll double down on a nine if you the dealer's down. got a six. You double down. No, but if the dealer's got a seven or an eight, and yeah. you've got ten or eleven, you're like, you know what? Boom. Why not? Let's go. It's I'm my hot. day. I'm hot. I'm doubling down. I'm hot. And then you get that ten. You get that ten. Mm. Right. Then the guy in the end. Third base. Makes a move. Third base has 15. Makes a move. Third holds. base. He holds. Third base has 15. He's like, holds. I'm going to stay. I'm staying. Dude. And then dealer dealer flips over. Four. 21. Well, he flips over. Like an, uh, the eight becomes a, a 16. And then out comes the five. Comes you could have had 20. You could have had 20, dude. And then you sit there and you see. And certainly oh, when the first card sweet. out is a 10. Oh, my gosh. Not like I'm Bill Fried or anybody counting cards like a Michigan man Oof. back in the day. But, but blackjack isn't now. a team sport. Like yes, I, it is. Yes, it See, is. That's it your is. problem. That's your problem. But there's no blackjack. Is we, don't, a team we, don't, game. we don't. We do not share a bank account, so therefore it is not a team sport. Like get out of here. Game. You're out. We TJ, can't, you're you out. Play you know what? You I wouldn't play with you guys anyway. I'm treating you. I don't remember your name now. Like the guy you took a picture with. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. He knew me though, and that's all that matters. Who are you? <laughs> 